Support for this podcast comes from PayPal. Small business owner, PayPal QR codes are the safe and easy payment option. It's all the security PayPal is known for online, in person. Cash only, QR codes allow you to accept credit or debit with everyday low fees. No additional hardware or software needed. Use the app to generate your unique QR code. Customers scan your code with their PayPal app to pay you. Learn more at paypal.com slash us slash get QR code. This is episode number 51 with our guest, Lou Diamond. Welcome to the Hidden Entrepreneur Show. My name is Josh Carey. You want in on a little secret? I was in hiding for 40 years. Yeah, I was hiding every part of myself in every situation. And I can tell you one thing, hiding sucks. I'm now on a mission to help extraordinary people like yourself rediscover the world around you, connect beautifully with others, and excel tremendously in all you set out to do. Join in. It's The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Hey there, guys. Thank you for joining us, tuning in. Welcome right into the studio. You're tuned into The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. I am your host, Josh Carey. When it comes to putting great people in touch with other great people, Lou Diamond is the master. He has over a quarter century of experience in sales, relationship management, business development, and executive coaching. It's a pretty cool combination right there. Lou's authenticity, energy, and enthusiasm for what he does, along with his unwavering passion and desire for helping people overcome their fears and achieve their dreams, is unmatched. He is the author of Master the Art of Connecting, which at the time of this recording, get this, has 31 reviews on Amazon, all five-star reviews. I couldn't believe it. It was absolutely incredible to see. If you're trying to find the right way to make the connections essential to building your team to achieve your business or personal goals, Lou Diamond is the man to help you make the connections, to make that happen. And dare I say, we just so happen to have that very man on this very show today. Are you with me? Do you see what I'm talking about? Well, let's get this gentleman right onto the show today. Welcome. It's the master connector himself. It's Lou Diamond. Welcome, sir. How are you? Josh, I'm great. I love, you know, I have a show of my own, which you've been on and I, and I love openings and that, that was absolutely fun to listen to. Get the energy for, for, the, for the listeners out there just to see how passionate Josh was about that alone just got me all up. So very, very cool. Glad to be here. Very much excited to be on your program. Well, good. Well, thank you. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm very happy you picked up on that. So let's talk about your, your brand is 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 about thriving right it's thrive loud which is the name of your podcast for one thing which we'll certainly dive into i want to really get your point and dissect that word thrive what does that really mean how do we know if we are thriving is it sort of similar to succeeding what's special about thrive great question to uh to kick it off i'm going to tell you a little bit about 
the, 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 I'm gonna, and I'm also going to affectionately as the master connector here, connect, connecting and thriving. Uh, thriving to me is moving onward and upward. I think as simply put as that, we look to do that in our lives, our businesses, our passions, uh, our, our personal values. We're always trying to step up and do things better. I think thriving individuals are those that are set on this path that move onward and upward. And I've learned something really interesting in a career that you described so very nicely in the opening. In our world today, people and businesses are craving connection. Uh, with all of the things going on today, but with our screens and our, our video conferences and uh, the way the workforce has changed the way we work, we are not necessarily in touch with people every day. So there's a lot of things that are changing where people need these connections to do well. We need these connections to grow ourselves. When you have those stronger relationships, things happen faster. Business gets done quicker. Sales close at, a, at, at a, not only a quicker rate, but also at a more elevated rate where there's not just one sale, but many sales that happen within it. So the ability to know how to connect enables you to move onward and upward and thrive. That was what I was put on this planet to do, to work with the most amazing companies and people and help them thrive through the power of connecting. Hopefully that little intro will get your listeners on the right page. <laughs> Absolutely. And I love how you brought up that we live in a society today where there is a, an almost built-in lack of connection. I spent all of my life, so much of my life as a child, as a young adult, feeling disconnected uh, to the world around me. I felt like I was misunderstood, so I, I just couldn't connect to people. And then when I was a young, uh, young adult and a, uh, going into business for myself, I noticed very quickly that, my goodness, there is a, a big air of loneliness here. And uh, I guess connecting is, in, from your point of view, from your definition, to connect is multi-purpose. It will achieve a variety of things for someone like me. Absolutely. And, and I think that's, and let's, let's connect th those two dots there. How do I have the ability to bring this all together? And what is the thing that we've learned about connecting and what I've learned through my work in sales and leadership and in marketing and in bringing people together is that the skill to bring people together from a, uh, an institutional point of view of your business so that your message connects to a larger audience from your own self if you're trying to sell your services or, or get a job or connect yourself with a potential new opportunity or if you're the leader of a company and you need to connect with your employees. If we peel back that ability to connect what we've learned is the skills to do so are actually learn, learnable. They're coachable. So what I've put together in Master the Art of Connecting and when I, what I speak about are all the things you need to be a better connector, to really get yourself to that next level. And for an individual, when you connect, I always like to uh, bring the, the, the story together of you ever walk into a room and you feel 
like you belong or you feel that mm. you meet someone, that there's something right about that conversation, that, mm. that energy that's there. I don't, I'm not too cosmic of a person. I'm fairly grounded in a lot of the work that I do, but I've fortunately come across in the last three or four years, many people who have a much more spiritual sense. And my methodology about connecting is actually really linked to a lot of those things that are not that easy to describe, but we know what they feel like. So how do we, how do we authentically act who we are? How do we recognize it when it, when it comes? And maybe more importantly, once we make a really good connection, how do we keep it? How do we retain it so that we can grow from it and learn from all those different connected experiences? Well, I love the name of your book, Master the Art of Connecting. And what's, what really stands out is that word art. I love how you, you just come to the table and say, hey, guys, there's an art to this. What is that art? And what happens if we don't go down that route? What do we lose out on if we miss this whole thing? Well, that's, that's, that's probably the most important question of all. It's always really valuable to look and say, if I don't connect, what do I lose? And uh, I had a great conversation with uh, someone who, interestingly enough, lives in Wales in the United Kingdom and actually does a lot of work in the social media marketing space. You've probably seen these people that actually help with a lot of the, uh, you know, your, your posts on different things. There's actually people that do this from their home and they set up certain systems to do it. And I had a long conversation with this individual as this person actually ended up helping uh, communicate a lot of the Lou Diamond brand and a lot of uh, Thrive and Thrive Loud and the book. And in my conversations with this individual, we found something unbelievable. This person was truly in the digital space, connecting tons and tons and tons of people and tons of messages and working for all these different clients, but wasn't seeing or touching or connecting with any of them individually. And this literally, this person did not leave the need to leave their home. And part of the thing that we recognized was production was sliding a little bit. Self-value was maybe not as strong as it could be. And maybe most importantly, this person wasn't as happy as they were. And he really was craving connection. So this individual actually, um, we had a long conversation and I actually spoke at this conference here in New York. He flew in uh, to see me. I never met him face to face. In fact, I never had a video conversation with him. It was all just audio. And we talked about all the different skills on what you're asking right now is what is the art of connecting? What do you need to do to practice this art, which everyone is going to do differently? I'll get to the fast version of this, of what this person took away from. And the most important thing that they learned was what they needed and how they needed to interact. And interestingly, this person had a fear. You talk about moving through fear all the time, Josh. This person had a fear of really interacting face-to-face -face because they thought they weren't good at it. When in reality, they were really good at it. They just didn't know they were. So what I talk about and what I spoke about in that particular speech, uh, if I want to make, I'll, I'll tell this message, it's something I call the connecting core. And the connecting core, it's no different like when you want to get in shape and you're a very in shape dude, Josh, you know, I see how you look and you're always like fit and looking good. Well, obviously every personal trainer will tell you that you need to strengthen your physical core, right? Work on those muscles. True story. I once uh, was said by a personal trainer, hey, you really got to strengthen your core. I went home, went online and looked to see where my core was on my body. 
I love it. Was it like on, on my, my ribs? Was it on my ass? Was it in the middle? I had no my, fucking my idea. Legs. My Where life. is it? Right. So uh, anyway, so with that, I recognized that that central muscle piece was very important to strengthen. And once you strengthen your physical core, you can do anything. You can, you could exercise, you could race, you could um, run marathons, ride bikes. And obviously everything you do starts from that strong core. That's true as it relates to connecting as well. Connecting is a skill that you need to work on. And we all have a connecting core. The muscles that enable us on how we need to be, to be a master connector. I, I used to be in consulting for a really long time, as you read that, and I came up with an acronym, and it was called SAFE, S-A-F-E. The S is really your own superpower, which I like to call your super Y, which is living and breathing your purpose on this planet every single day. The A is authenticity, that is being open, honest, and from the heart in everything you do. The F is a fearless mindset, that's moving through the fears that hold you back into courage. And the last and the most coachable and trainable exercise, if you would, or the muscle that you can strengthen the most is the power of empathy. And that is the ability to stand in another's shoes and see things from their world and be able to bring your two worlds together. The art of understanding that muscular core and that workout is how you uniquely individually are able to tackle each of those muscles because no different than most, you know this, there are some people that can walk into a gym and they don't look like they've ever needed to work out in their entire life. They look like God just sculpted them and away they are and they look amazing. But I will tell you that those people still need to work on the things that they need to work on. And then there are those who might need to get in shape, might need to lose a few pounds, might not be the most fit or that, that big of an athlete. Yet they themselves can work on these skills as well to get themselves fit the way that works best for them. So the art is making your own muscles, your own authenticity, and connect in the way that makes it the most that you are. Because for me to try to be like Josh Carey versus Josh to try to be like Lou is never going to work. It's being an imposter to something else. You have to own all those muscles of yourself. And that's what actually enables not so much you to go out and connect with others. It's what draws others to connect with you. Yeah, brilliant. I love that. And I was, as you were talking, I was starting to see that because I, I want your take on what does, and, and I know that it's a big question and a variety of answers, but how do we know if we are connecting? What does it look like? Is it just a, a good, healthy, good feeling interaction with somebody? Is it a partnership, which I guess could be unhealthy? Does that count? Where do we go with this part? You know, connecting is, uh, I used to do this visual that I'd show in a presentation. It was really cool. And, and just if you were to take two circles, one circle being your world, Josh's world, everything that we know about Josh. And I, and I used to say this, that I looked at people a lot differently than most people. Uh, I would see them, and obviously I would see, you know, their head, shoulders, knees, and toes all the way down from, from top of their head to their ankles. Oh, so you've to spoken the, to my daughter. She loves that song. Absolutely. Love that song. It's a great song. <laughs> Should I helmet, head, shoulders, knees, exactly. and toes? Okay, so anyway, so we see people like that, but, but in reality, we see them for a lot more than that. And we actually, if you think about it, imagine a person walking around with like an orb or a world that embody all of the assets that make up who they are. Maybe it's the job that they have. Maybe it's um, where they grew up. Maybe it's uh, their school that they went to, the sports teams that they like, the hobbies that they like, the things that they don't like. Um, in many cases, it could be the friends that are associated with you. When you see somebody, you actually see more than just them. You see the whole association of them with them. And 
I actually look at people and I will see one individual and see their world and I'll see another person's individual world. And there's a part of me that actually sees overlapping assets and tries to get those worlds more or less to overlap with one another. Okay. What that actually is, if you imagine two circles kind of overlapping in like a Venn diagram kind of a thing, is those two circles kind of coming in and overlapping. That's me seeing into someone else's world and seeing what they're all about and learning about their world and them learning about me. The way I like to look at it, um, I worked in a lot of professional service consulting organizations. And uh, I remember the first time I went, on, went to this meeting to this very large financial service institution, big time firm, tens of thousands of people work for this organization. Uh, when I first arrived on this project as a consultant, it was very difficult to distinguish who worked for the organization and the financial services client and who was working at the consulting firm. And I looked at this as one of the most connected relationships. In fact, they had worked so well together, it was very difficult to parse because if I took a blimp and went, looked down and checked out that organization, that outside consultancy had been working for so long with this, com this company and knew their world so well that they actually really were part of their world and part of their experience and their, and their business and the work that they did and their expertise overlapped into the world of this particular client. When that happens, that is what a great connection looks like. The, almost the inability that you can associate those people so well. And by the way, I love to do the, the, the flip-flop conversation about seeing into one world and another. Two people who connected, when they leave, two things happen. One, if I were to ask person A, the one that they connected with person B, what person B was all about, they would be able to give a description that was probably even better than person B can give of themselves. But there's another part. When you've had somebody connect and they've pulled apart, they actually feel like they've left a piece with one another and are drawn back together to meet again. That is how you're able to distinguish when you meet someone for the first time and you want to meet them again and you want to see them again and you know that you can help them. That is a sign that you've already started to help make a strong connection. If you part with someone and you're only concerned with helping yourself because that connection is going to make you money or make your world better, if that's the situation and it's not equal, that's not a connection. You may have networked and met somebody, but it has to overlap on that empathy muscle, the ability to stand in the shoes of another and see things from their world and think selflessly. That's where the connection really gels. So I, I, I work on this a lot on how people need to be so that they can understand that it isn't about them, it's about who they're connecting with. Is there a similarity to the word attraction? How does that fit into this conversation? It does, I mean, let's think of it this way. When um, you've met someone that you cared about in your life, a, a loved one, a special someone, a wife, a, a girlfriend, a spouse, do we all agree that there's a strong connection that is attractive about that person? In fact, our worlds are drawn together. If you want to think of your own little orb, as I was describing, as your own world, it's almost like that cosmic power of pulling those worlds together, of a force even stronger than you can imagine. When two people have a really strong connection, they become inseparable. And they value and feed off of each other and really help each other grow. And by the way, there's a magic thing that happens. When you make that connection with somebody, you, in that example of kind of overlapping and taking a piece of their world, your world grows. Your ability grows, your orb and sphere of reference grows, your contacts grow, and other people like a bigger force power want to be drawn together. The individual I shared who lives out in uh, the UK, 
who, while he was doing his job and helping to connect digitally all these people through the social media work he was doing, his own individual world just felt so small. He needed to go out and increase that sphere of contact of other people and really work on his relationship so he could sell his business more and, and incorporate the value that he gives to others. And his own world grew from that and people have been going to this guy for business. They wanna connect with him and he wants to connect with them more because he knows the value that he gets more so than just that digital media content is also the ability to pick the skills and things from the people that he's helping to help him grow too. I mentioned earlier that I grew up much of my life feeling misunderstood and feeling disconnected from the world around me. Looking back, I was certainly connected to certain people, but very unhealthily in a lot of ways mm -hmm. until I was able to get my, my healthy act together. So is that a big, good step in connecting with the right people, getting yourself? Absolutely. In, in, in strengthening your own connecting core, let's go through those, those muscles again. You got to work on yourself first so that you understand what you're all about before you're actually able to position yourself to connect with others. Mm. So you got to really understand, let's go through those two most important uh, muscles in there. That, that's super why. That's really knowing your purpose and defining it. I was put on this planet to work with the most amazing people and companies and help them thrive through connecting. That is my purpose and I live and breathe that every day. And by living and breathing your purpose, no different than Superman, you know, fight for truth, justice in the American way or whatever it was as a comic kid, right? You looked at Superman like hands on hips, flying in the air, cape wiving in the background. That is a superhero. That is somebody I want to be associated with. That's someone I know can help me. And I know that stands for something much bigger than even what his aura seems to be, right? I just want to point something out. It's also magnificent that you are clear about what your purpose is. That's a, yeah. that's a check too, right? Uh, in helping companies and helping um, businesses that I do for my consulting work, a lot of that is clarifying that message first. Because to your point, you need to strengthen yourself first. Think about a company that tries to rush to a meeting. And let's say they come up with one really cool technology concept, or they come up with an idea, but it really hasn't been flushed out and truly hasn't mapped out exactly what their purpose is. If they go to try to raise money from investors or they try to go sell something before their tools and their toolkits are really not as prepared, then they're not going to not only not win the business, but to your point, they might repel other people from them saying they didn't represent themselves in the best way. A lot of the work that I do, and this will lead to something we could talk about at, at the end of the interview about upcoming books that I'm, that I'm working on. The work that I do is everything you need to know before the pitch. Everything you have to work on yourself, whether you're pitching yourself, pitching your business, or pitching every form of relationship of, that you want to associate with your connectivity. What you do before that is, the, is this work we're talking about. And you have to work on yourself and you got to be fearless too. You have to understand what your fears are, know how to move through them. You have to be authentic to who you are. I don't know what language is on the show and I apologize earlier for drop something, but um, I actually used to work with a guy who was authentically a jerk. He really was. I would use a stronger word. And he, but here's the thing. He owned up to this. This is who he was. He was really not that nice of a guy. He did amazing work in what he did. He was an unbelievable salesperson. He wasn't the type of guy you were going to go hang out with. However, his authentic way of who he was, he didn't try to be something he wasn't. He wasn't the type of guy to like try to befriend all of his clients. He was trying to make the business. People loved working with this guy because this guy was all business all the time. Might not be everybody's cup of tea, but he was able to connect and succeed because of that authentic of who he was. 
really owning, this is the type of person I am. We don't like to always work with those type of people, but he, he knows who he is and he's strong on that particular component. So I say that work on yourself is essential and that enables you to be as prepared as you can in whatever pitch in life you're trying to sell. I want to see how we got to this Lou Diamond today. Take us back, if you will, to the very beginning. Were you the same kind of kid in the playground trying to connect your two buddies? What was it like growing up as a child? One would argue I never really grew up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I still think I, I am a child. Uh, my, my wife and kids would argue as well, let alone my parents. My, my father is very much like me too. Uh, so, so, so to say this is true, growing up, yes, I was always the person that knew everybody, that wanted to know everybody, that wanted to help and connect other people wherever it made sense. There seemed to be some kind of natural form of, of unity in the universe by getting people to connect together. I loved the fact that I knew certain people and wanted to bring them together. Uh, growing up even older, bringing my worlds together wasn't bizarro like in Seinfeld where the worlds would collide. They were more along the lines like they actually would gel and work well together. There's nothing better to me than seeing friends of mine overlap and, and go through this. I had this conversation once, uh, two very close friends of mine, one from the work, uh, one from college and one from, a, from work, ended up uh, going together on a, on a trip together and having an absolutely spectacular time because it makes perfect sense. Like all our connectivity, the things that we like about one another and to see their worlds overlap was really great. Uh, and that's something I've been like my entire life, Josh, <clears throat> excuse me. So I really enjoy doing that. I've, I'm always the one when I look at a situation, I'm, I'm kind of putting a puzzle together or I look at certain businesses and I did the same thing. And this is what led me into consulting, by the way, because consulting is really connecting in the business sense, uh, where an individual person is connecting other people. Consulting is solving the problems of, of companies and, and figuring out where the right fix is. And that's what I specialize in today is looking at organizations and saying, how can we make these things connect the way they want to get their message to connect out, get the people internally to work better and connect and to get the leadership to get this group flowing because that's what moves us onward and upward and gets us to thrive. So in order to be that kid, you, it sounds like you were always a confident, loved, supported child. Yeah, I mean, you know, loved, certainly, I, I, I was trying to think, you asked me before the interview, was, you know, anything in my childhood that stuck out that was a little bit off? Really, I was so blessed and so fortunate to be around not only a very supporting family, uh, a very entrepreneurial family at that too, and having that type of exposure and experience um, made me who, made me who I am. Uh, I loved also the ability to connect with people. I love meeting people. There is something always unique and interesting you get by talking to a new person each and every day. And there is when you almost, there's actually, I think when you find something out new, it's no different than when we were in school and we learned something new, our brain was stimulated. I think our souls get stimulated when we connect with other people. And I think it's also really good because we need to be in this day and age, uh, there's a lot of polarity and a lot of, a, a lot of things that push people onto certain sides and make it difficult by the way to connect. Uh, distractions, as we talked about from digital media, different ethical, religious, political views. This has always been the issue and I've never understood why people just can't get along. I've always said, well, why don't you? There's so many value. There's, there's value in that culture. And a lot of times that's people going too internally to themselves or the things that they care about more they feel might be right losing that 
feeling of empathy, really understanding that there's value there. We've seen it when people work together, how great that can be. Teams coming together in sports, countries coming together for causes, groups trying to fight for a common good, all working together for a charity, whether it's for some um, medical condition or whatever it is, or to raise money for a certain cause. When you see the power of people connecting together on a common platform, we all know what it can do. And we kind of jump back to our own selves every now and then, and which I guess is healthy for ourselves. I just believe it's more important that when you value those connections, you can grow much faster. Things get done quicker. Um, business can be closed more successfully. We can't all work in a vacuum. We need each other to grow, connect, and learn. How does the topic of ego come into this part of the conversation? <laughs> Uh, my own ego or other people's egos. Uh, so in, in the mentoring roles that I play, uh, let, we can get stuck in our ego. This is, this is an important piece. I actually had the, the great fortune of getting to sit down with uh, Cy Wakeman. She actually came on my show. She actually wrote a book recently called No Ego. And it was a really wonderful concept that she studies drama in the workplace. And by the way, drama and ego go hand in hand. One always happens with another because someone else is so interested in their own issues, their own ego, their own peace. And by the way, when we're interested in our own ego, I learned this from her that we're actually stuck in the frontal lobe of our brains. That's where we are. And she taught me a great skill that's really great for mentorship or consulting when people are so stuck in their own ego. We need to physically shift them out of their ego and move them into a part of their brain where they start to think collectively. Uh, one of, there was a, she tells a great story, and, and this can be related to anything. When you know someone's stuck in a, in a certain situation, I can't believe this is happening to me. This is happening so inefficiently. I can, I'm not feeling good about this. And you hear a lot of I's, me's, and myself's. And when you ask that person a question, okay, what does amazing look like right now from this problem? What makes the situation and the problem, what would amazing look like to you? These are powerful questions that when you ask this, you get out of your own head and you don't think about what looks amazing for you. You think about what would the whole situation and the problem would be amazing. And you leave your frontal cortex and you move to the middle of your brain where you start to think about these solutions. And you start to actually think holistically. And this is her line of work, what, what Sai focuses on. What I recognize is in connecting that that empathy muscle, it's very difficult to penetrate those worlds together when you're so stuck in your own world and your own ego and you're not willing to see things from another perspective. So the muscle of empathy in our own connecting core, when that is flexed and we open up and get out of our ego, leave this part of the brain and move to the part that starts to think collectively of what does great working with this client look like? How can I help them? How can I help this individual who's looking for help specifically, not because it's going to help me, but because it's going to help them specifically? Can I step into their world to help their world be better? Because that is going to have an effect that will make my world better by association, by connectivity, by making someone else's world bigger that you're connected to, you're going to have others who want to connect into your world as well. That's getting out of your ego and it's getting into a place where you can connect and really empathize with who you need to. I can't imagine they offered this in college. What did you go to school for trying to uh, pursue or ultimately did pursue before becoming the master 
connector. Not uh, great point. So, so look, I was always a master connector. I just didn't know what the heck it was. Uh, true story. I went to this uh, business conference. I was brought in by a very impressive uh, technology entrepreneur. Has a great company, but he'd been going to the same trade show for like six or seven years. He brought me with him. I was actually still working um, on Wall Street at that point. So I was kind of moonlighting a little bit with him. And I went on the conference. We inked two deals while I was there. And by the end of the next month, he got five new clients, all that came from that particular event. And he asked me what it, what it is that I do. Do I know what it is that I do? Like, did, did I understand it? It took my entire career from working in my dad's retail jewelry store growing up where I had to be, you know, to go sell jewelry in downtown Brooklyn, not the easiest task in the entire world, but really understanding what somebody personally needs to working in professional services at companies like Accenture and Deloitte. I was the head of sales for a company called Organic, which is still around today. I also then worked on Wall Street for a very long time in institutional sales, all different realms of this. So the school of life and work was where I recognized how to lead, sell, and market effectively in a way that was different from everybody else. I took that connecting core that I'd always had. I then also became a coach. Um, I took, I went to a professional coaching certification because I really wanted to work on these muscles. I really wanted to stretch and try to extend myself and put myself out there. And then I recognized and connected all of this together that these are the skills that everyone can work on. It's not like, oh, that person's just a regular connector. That's who they are. We've seen these people, by the way. Your listeners will know when, I'm, when I describe what I have about people who are master connectors. We know what, who they are. They seem to know everyone. It's something that everybody can actually do. It's not just a unique thing. And in fact, even those master connectors, like myself, have to work on strengthening that core each and every day and work on those skills. So I learned them through the experience of working through my career, professional friends and connectivity and coaching and certification, all that. However, the main component of all of this came from a laser focus that recognized that this message that I have is for everyone. I like to laser it down for entrepreneurs and business people because it's a little more tactical. Uh, but it's something that sings true to me and it is my purpose. So when your purpose is found, you got to let everybody know about it. I love how um, you said leadership, sales, and marketing. I see the pattern sales is inherent in uh, much of your background. Is that an important skill? So sales is the result. Um, I actually argue that I'm, the reason I'm the master connector, which is the title which came from the book and obviously uh, connected that way. I believe many people can be master connectors. I'm not just the one. Uh, I do recognize that Sales is the activity where without it, your business dies. It is the revenue flow that we all need. Sales is a terrible word, Josh. Uh, it, it, it's, it's the action of what you need in the revenue. And it's where, otherwise, I don't know if you know this, the word sleazy came as a derivative of the word sales. That's and why it's got that reputation. So everyone thinks of the, you know, what, what they call commission breath. You know, the guy that's had two cups of coffee, a couple of cigarettes and walks up to you and is like, hey, let me tell you what you need pulling together the skills of what you need to connect with someone is where the sale is made over and over again. The sale just happens to be a measurable result. You have to connect to close in certain types of industries. I, I, I clarify, you don't need to work at the counter at CVS and you know, sell a lip balm to have true connection with your, with your client. But in the world today, whether it's from that 
B2B level, the, the institutional relationships, or to really grow these things where you're going to be the difference maker of a thriving individual, connection is vital. And the ability to work on these skills is where you succeed the most. Let's talk about being a thriving individual, specifically Thrive Loud with Lou Diamond is your unbelievably successful podcast. How many episodes uh, are we in right now? So at the time of the airing of this, um, I mean, we're over, there's over 250 episodes out there. Uh, we probably have over 300 some odd interviews and we're, you know, just been queuing them up along, along the way and trying to drive them in. Uh, Thrive Loud was created when, when I wrote Master the Art of Connecting. I, Josh, I went on a huge tour about the book, promoted it, went on a lot of podcasts. And someone always said, is your name really Lou Diamond? And is that possibly what this is? You, you have to have your own show. And <laughs> as it relates to being a master connector, if we decode what makes somebody thrive, we are connecting the world to these incredible skills that everybody can learn from. That was the purpose, that is the purpose of Thrive Loud, helping the, um, connecting you to those that thrive in their lives, their businesses, and their passions each and every day. So let's it go is, back to, yeah. I'm sorry, let's go back to one of the questions I asked earlier in terms of what exactly is Thrive? So using me as an example for myself, what, what aspects or parameters am I looking at to, to determine, am I thriving? So using you specifically, somebody who recognized that you needed to shift gears, change what you were doing, shift this world of acting into what you're doing to really helping connect with human beings and really at that particular level, you're starting to really own in onto your super why. And this medium, the hidden entrepreneur that each of us have this entrepreneurial component of what we have, and your ability to bring, no different than Thrive Loud, bringing those that have become entrepreneurs in their own unique gem and how they've unearthed that and sharing that message with other potential entrepreneurs, other individuals that are trying to figure out what they have inside of themselves. That my friend is living and being a master connector and that's living your purpose each and every day. So for you specifically, that's exactly what you're doing. That's what your show and your platform does. This medium is great because one of the key muscles, empathy, requires unbelievable listening and therefore a podcast requires us to listen because you know we can get distracted by how good looking we both are for the <laughs> listeners right here i don't know if there's gonna be a picture of this but i'm actually wearing like a like a skull cap ski hat because it's kind of cold oh there will be uh, oh yeah so and i could put the hoodie on if they want the picture of this so we'll do that you know so i look I'll like take a, a screenshot I'm, I'm like the m&m wannabe i guess in this part here only i just can't rhyme as well as he can so, but the whole purpose is that when you're listening right now, you are listening to the sound of my voice, the sound of Josh's voice, and you have to absorb what that message is. It really does work very effectively in flexing that empathy muscle to be able to listen really, really well. You sign off all of your podcasts. Be, be, be brief, be bright, be gone. Can you please analyze that for us? What does that mean? It's also one of the, the, the keynotes I deliver as a speaker. Um, be brief. I think in this world today, we have a lot of things to do. And people can go on and on and talk and talk and talk. And then this is a pretty long podcast, but there's lots of messages we're, con we're, we're covering here. But as it relates to your each, every day that you focus on, try to be respectful of other people's time. And by being brief and to the point, and not wasting other people's time, you are going to earn a level of, of success that helps you connect 
in that very short point. Um, so the time value of being brief. Be bright. Uh, I think we, we look for brilliance everywhere we turn. And we don't always have it. Uh, sometimes we have to tap into it. Sometimes we have to work things out. But if we focus on trying to be bright and coming up with things that's going to add to another's life and world by giving great education, the content of the people that we have come on Thrive Loud or any of the people that I work with, the goal is for them to be brighter every day. They could do it in a very concise, brief way. They can get their message across in a bright, sensible message that really gets you thinking. That's what I mean by being bright. And, and bright also in the literal sense of the word is to shine. People who connect do shine. We see them in a different light. So in the moments that you can shine and be bright is when people are attracted to you because we're attracted to that big bright light. So do it in a quick amount of time, be bright and be gone just sounds really good, but get off and do the next thing and go connect with the next person you need to. Um, I, I, I love that. I'm still hooked on the be gone part because it's almost <laughs> like a great, you almost don't expect it. So be gone, meaning like you, you achieved, you've done it, move about your business, go. Uh, go, move on, move onward and upward, right? You can't sit still. You got to get off and go move it. I, I, I like to think that be gone, if, if there was ever something more appropriate for this thing, it's the mic drop right? Okay, okay. It's like, you've, you've been quick, you got your message out there, you said what you needed to do, drop, drop the mic and right. move on to the next thing. So cool. Be brief, be bright, be gone. Absolutely cool. The name of this show uh, and the brand, The Hidden Entrepreneur, is all about putting your fears aside, conquering them, working through them. Can you tell us about a time in your life that was just covered in utter fear that you deliberately and specifically had to work through? Great, great question. And uh, we started talking about this before we hit record. Uh, I had worked uh, in consulting for a few years. It was kind of like, you know, I was trying to figure out what to do. I, 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 the, the one negative about consulting is an actually important part. You have to know that when you're in the beginning of your career and you're consulting, you're learning about a lot of different industries, but you don't necessarily nail down an expertise in one particular area. And, and that can be a little bit fledgling, like to be able to jump from one to another, as opposed to having a very meaty skill that everybody specifically needs. And I, and I was in that jumping stage before nailing down the skills that I have and developed and I was very frustrated and scared because I went to a job that I thought was supposed to be what I wanted to do. And this was an opportunity to work at a, a certain firm. And I, and I was miserable. Miserable was an understatement. And unhappy was probably the first time I'd ever had that feeling of unhappy. And it scared me. I think it scared me because it was questioning what were the steps of what I did before? Did it go down the wrong path? I, could, I don't want to be unhappy. I don't care how much money they throw at you. I want to make sure that I'm doing the right thing. That has happened a couple of times in my career, even down the path. Success wasn't only measured in, by myself, by how much money I had, because I, it turns out the years that I had the most income brought in were not the happiest. And that wasn't the most important to me. So in that lesson of all of that, those fears of not doing what I wanted to do with the purpose and helping the people it was almost like strings pulling at my heart. The fears were coming out because it felt like I was not getting on the path of doing something great. 
to me, one of my biggest fears is mediocrity. I never wanted to be average. I always wanted to be super above average. But if we move through the fear of mediocrity, let's call it what it is. You're still better than half the people on the, on the planet being mediocre. And that's, by the way, pretty damn good. And you're going to have mediocre days. You just have to know that it exists. I have a theory for moving through fear, which I think your listeners would like. One, you have to choose to face your fear. You must choose to face the fear that comes out there. If something is bothering you and there's a fear that's there, you have to make the choice that you're going to face it. Two, you got to give it a name. You have to identify the fear. Using the example, mediocrity. I don't like being average. Call a name. Write it down. I have a piece of paper over here, which I'm pointing to, which actually says the fear that's there so I know exactly what that fear is. And the third step, spin the fear it's on its head. Just as I did right there with mediocrity. If you're feeling that average and not on the top thriving day that you want to be the best in what you can do, hey, you have your off days. You're going to have better days where you can step up than that. Just know that these things exist because without them, you would never appreciate the unbelievable days. Every fear has that reaction, whether you fail, whether you're afraid of losing your job, whether you're afraid of being an imposter, whether you're afraid that your life is not going the direction it wants to because you had a preconceived notion of what it should. Let's call it what it is. We have all fears in life roll up to two fears. And the, I call them the deathbed fears, which might be a little bit morbid. But the reality is when our life has passed us by and we're about to go, you know, I don't care so much how the podcast went. I don't care how much the book sales were or how my keynote went or what my client is doing that. No, the reality is I probably only cared about two things. Was I loved? Was I appreciated? And every fear that we have all rolls up to that. Without it, we wouldn't be human. So when you have these fears, know they make you who you are and make you human. And that, that is important. When I say a fearless mindset in the connecting core, it is not being void of fear. It's moving through that fear that you have and turning it into courage and spinning it around. Be gone, Mike. drop, right? Amazing. What mantra do you live by today? Aside from be brief, be gone. No, that could be uh, it. Um, what mantra do I live by today? I, I think uh, the, the premise of my whole brand, and that's the Thrive Loud. I don't just want to move onward and upward. I want to move onward and upward as loudly as you possibly can, whether it's through the microphone vehicle of the show, whether it's on the stage with the people that I speak with, whether it's through the success that my clients are achieving each and every day, whether it's through helping to make others thrive loud each and every day. That is my mantra. That is my motto. I love that. And we didn't um, attach that portion of it to anything. Thrive loud. And you just referenced that. Now, this isn't loud as in um, scream louder than anybody else, right? Because that's not going to get you. So, so where do we position the loud in it? You have to think of, we have a lot of amazing people on this planet. And there are those times that they are shining brightly more so than others. And I think it's the goal that we achieve too. I, I kind of think it might be screaming from the rooftops. It might be getting people jumping up and down. We feel pretty good. Not in a negative, like panic kind of screaming, but more in that optimistic, upbeat, yes, I've achieved what I've wanted to do. I'm going to continue to achieve more. Today was a great day. Today was I just climbed to the top of the mountain and celebrated an amazing milestone. And I did it incredibly and I worked with others to do it. And I want all those others that I'm connected with to share and appreciate what we just did. That is thriving loud. 
And when I see someone do something incredible accomplishment, I'll, I'll often um, tag it, whether it's a hashtag or, uh, or something in social media. A colleague of mine just uh, had an amazing win and accomplishment, and all you wanted to say is thrive loud, so-and-so. <laughs> I want to give that message to them so that they know they not only did amazing like they're supposed to, because they're already at that thriving level, they took it one step onward and upward. Do you believe that everything happens for a reason? I thought uh, the movie Forrest Gump uh, described it best because we don't know, right? We don't know if life has a specific purpose or fate or we're kind of like a leaf blowing through, just randomly popping like Forrest Gump's life seemed to be. However, I think we can navigate that course through connecting with others. I think the, the, the way things happen and, and great purpose and the ability of working and connecting with others helps to maybe not, maybe not define the fate or the destiny, but at least kind of help guide it on that right path. I'm, I'm somewhere in between I'm of believing that things happen for a reason. That's a tough one to do, but I think we make our own reasons. I think we make our own purpose and causes and those reasons change each and every day. So what happens around us and how we react to it and how we're able to adapt to it, I think shows that it isn't just set, but it's continuing to at least keep it on a guided path somewhere to kind of see where it goes. Um, it's, it's a little wishy-washy in my brain, but that's, and that's why I always, I always I love, you know this, I, I love movies and I'll always ask my guests what their favorite movie is. And that, that's not one of, that's not my favorite favorite, but that concept, is one that is something that juggles back and forth and I don't know exactly the answer, but I like not knowing the answer because it continues me to push and know and sense the purpose to drive in case it isn't already written for me. Well, shall we go there? Has anybody asked you, because you ask over 250 guests what their favorite, what is your favorite movie? So recently we've revealed this, I guess after we, we, we ran a 200th episode uh, earlier this year, and uh, earlier in 2018, and we tallied up all of the answers and responses in the 200th episode and we did a kind of a countdown which was a lot of fun we took okay. clips from those movies and it was really cool Wait, like are, are you a movie buff is that the uh, is that the thing here yeah love movies i think movies um help to paint the story and they connect us in a unique way i think we all have mm. it's also a great conversation starter to find out what someone's favorite movie is i think you know years and decades ago i would have asked what your favorite author or book would be uh, just something that taps into your creative. But I think the movies are, are, are mm -hmm. I guess, a little bit more of a concise way to do it. I've had people say what their favorite shows and Netflix shows are as opposed to what movies because they're more of that, that type of a viewer. With that, um, I did share not too long after that episode on maybe another show or, or even my interns had asked me. Uh, and, and it's not actually that unsurprising, but uh, Rocky is my all-time favorite movie. and. It's not just the main Rocky one movie, which is my favorite of all of them. If I it's were the franchise. It's the franchise. And a lot of that message, which in the Rocky Balboa movie, they, they highlight tremendously, which was an underlying, an underlying concept of all of Rocky's movies. And what is it? It's no matter how hard life beats you down, nothing will hit you harder than life. But it's now how hard you get hit. It's it's getting up and keeping moving forward against the fight against life and continue to get to that bell and stepping forward to do that. It is that, 
it is that spirit that that movie embodies so wonderfully. And I think the entrepreneur in all of us looks at not just Sylvester Stallone as Rocky and the character, but the idea and the concept of that mindset and that it always took everything coming together, right? He couldn't do it alone. He needed others to help him, you know, whether it was his trainer, his best friend, his wife, his family, his son, and each of the different movies. That whole concept of working together to move forward is really what connecting is all about and why that movie connects so much with me. Wow. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Brilliant. Cool. I will leave you with this final question. Lou Diamond, how would you like to be remembered? Hmm. Um, I think first and foremost, as, as a great family man, a great, a great father, uh, a great friend, a great husband to my wife, put that in there. Top, t- top notch, husband, father, whichever way you want to go, in case my wife just starts coming after me. All those priori- priorities are first. Uh, and I think I want people, when they think of me, maybe not so much to, be, to understand exactly what they remembered, but those who are loved ones of mine and those who knew me would smile when they hear my name. Because that is one of the most powerful things we can do each day. And even just by one little smile, we start to connect with others. And if people can take that message of mine, that would be great but more notably for people to just do what is best for themselves. So they too can connect and grow from there. Mm. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the master connector. I, I don't know what it is. I feel more connected. I love it. You, Thank you, sure. you, Lou. I know. <laughs> I really do. I feel connected to you. No accident. I feel connected to the world and just to uh, people and things around me. It's, uh, it's great being in your presence. Thank you for uh, being in ours this past uh, hour. I appreciate it, Lou. Thanks for opening up. Really great to have you. Truly my pleasure, Josh. Thanks again for having me. And thank you everybody for tuning in. Hope it was valuable. If you got something out of it, take a small step, put something out there into action, into the world, make good things happen. We're going to try to make good things happen. Not too far behind this episode. We're going to do it again. Until we do, go get them. Thanks for listening to The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Make sure to subscribe through iTunes or Google Play so you can get notified every time we publish a new episode. And we'd love to hear your thoughts with an honest review on iTunes. Finally, follow us on your favorite social media platforms to keep the conversation going with Josh Carey and today's guest. Until next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.